Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, May 14th, 2018. We are reading from the big book, and we are on page 59, the second paragraph that begins, here are the steps we took. And we're going to read through step 11 today, focusing our study on step 11. Um, today's readers are Maggie A. on the 12 steps, Brandy M. on the 12 traditions, and reading the text, Kathleen O., Ginger C., and Kathy Joe P. Uh, the reference numbers uh, for the two previous meetings, yesterday's Sunday special edition on May 13th, the number is 11411. And this morning's 7 a.m. Eastern meeting on May 14th is 11413. And our newcomer greeter today is Melanie C. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has one but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Maggie A. to read the 12 steps of OA. Good morning. This is Maggie A., recovered in Western New York. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
and 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for letting me do service. Thank you, Maggie A. I will now ask Brandy M. to read the 12 traditions of OA. Good morning. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Thank you. I'm Brandy. I'm a recovered compulsive reader of the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive reader who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise less problems of money, property, and just prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We, need always maintain and we may always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for letting me do service. Thank you, Brandy. Um, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 59, paragraph 2, and I will ask Kathleen O. to get us started. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service this morning, Kathy. This is Kathleen O, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Northern California. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. 
Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so and injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. So prayer and meditation. Um, Meditation, one of the definitions I found of meditation is to to engage in contemplation or reflection. And I learned that the only two ways to do step 11 incorrectly is one, not to show up, and two, is to leave early. And for me, step 11 was the first to go when I headed towards relapse. And here are the steps I took when headed towards relapse. I don't have time for prayer and meditation in the morning. And I don't have time for it throughout the day. I'm too busy. And then my next step would be I would start to sweep my resentments and fears under the carpet. I'd begin to be dishonest and selfish. And before I knew it, my defects were running the show. And I was back in ego, which is easing God out. So when I would get, when I would experience discomfort and disease, the disease of this program, my character defects would start cropping up. And suddenly, in quotes, I'm eating again. Oh, how did I get here? You know, pounding on the bar, how did I get here? Well, I got here because I stopped working the steps. These are things I need to do every day if, if I want to be you know, have freedom and and just um, have a life that's like none I've ever, ever experienced before. And I hear people say all the time that they don't have time to pray and meditate. And my question to them is, well, do you have time during the day to go on social media? Do you have time in the day to watch TV? You know, I I started with, with five minutes. It's like, okay, I'm going to commit to five minutes. And what happened was I wanted more. It felt so good and so calming. And I think one of the big problems with, with, with everything in the world today is everyone's on this treadmill and nobody takes time to just kind of sit back and reflect and settle. That, I mean, step 11 is really the most important to me. You know, I wake up, it, it tells us on uh, page 86, the directions are there on awakening. I think about the 24 hours ahead. I consider my plans for the day. I ask my higher power to direct my thinking, especially asking it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. I say the 11-step prayer, which is also known as um, the St. Francis of Assisi prayer. I think that's what what it is also known as. And, you know, praying to understand and be understood, to love them, be loved. Um... You know, and to comfort rather than comfort, it's a a great prayer. And I memorized it early on in the game. And it just like goes through my head very easily now. And reminds me of the person I want to be during the day. 
And, you know, when I do prayer, um, I, I hear people say they pray and meditate when they're in the car. Well, you know, you can't, you can't pray and meditate when, when you're moving in the car or doing something. It's, for me, it's really important to just sit quietly in the morning, get centered, get focused. And the rest of my day goes so much better. Um, and in prayer, you know, I don't get what I want, but I get what, what I need. And it's really a time when I can just stop and reflect and, and ask God for direction. And I do it throughout the day, too. It doesn't take more than, you know, that pause that we take when agitated or doubtful. So, time. Okay, and thank you so much, Kathy, and I pass. Thank you, Kathleen O. Okay, who would like to share on step 11 this morning? Ginger C. Ginger Roz G. G. It's Sylvia A. Okay. Wait a second. Marie J. Uh, let me stop here because I missed a few. I have Ginger C., Roz G., Sylvia F., Marie J. Who did I miss? Christina. I'm sorry, I heard you all at once. Sherry KB. Okay, Sherry KB. Bob D, is it? Adam B. Adam D. Okay. Adam B, B is boy. Oh, okay, sorry, Adam, gotcha. Christina O. Okay, Christina O, and we'll get the rest in the next round. So I have Ginger C, Roz G, Sylvia F, Marie J, Sherry KB, Adam B, and Christina O. Okay, Ginger C, please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy, and thank you for your service. This is Ginger C, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. And um, thank God we have a big book study and that we get to read this line by line and go through it because... For many years, I sat in a 12-step room, and I just looked at a wooden plaque on the wall with the 12 steps, and that's how I was doing it. So I had what you would call an off-the-wall program. The directions for these steps lie in between these pages. And if you're not in this book, you're not seeing it, and you're not doing it. And with step 11, it's really clear, you know, these directions. When we retire at night, we go through that part on page 86 every night. We look at our nightly review. Then on awakening, that's the first thing we do. I mean, I get out of bed and I read page 86 on awakening. Let us think about these 24 hours ahead because then we get to consider our plans and we probably will have a much better day by doing so. Again, if you want what they have, do what they do. And then the directions continue. You know, in thinking about our day, we may face indecision. So there we ask God for inspiration. Again, this is all about a connection to a higher power. It's not about sponsor reliance. It's about this power that you lack and you need to keep going and searching and seeking. And that's really what we get to do with this meditation component because when I get silent, God speaks to me in whispers. And when I get quiet and I let go of the distractions, because that's another effect that I can get, all the pings and dings, all the things going around me. But when I get quiet and I go deep and I just get in that moment, I get to really hear and be with God in a way that I don't experience on the outside world. But again, so I face decision, I go to God and I get to relax and take it easy because I wait for God's answer. I'm not struggling. I'm not trying to control and manage and figure this out. And then we get into meditation. You know, I thought my practice, I used to get out of bed and go and sit in my chair and do my 20-minute silent sit. That's not the directions. Now on 87, we're getting into meditation. That's when you do that part. 
And then as the, the bottom, and I love the bottom of 87, as we go through the day, you know, we pause when agitated or doubtful. We don't roll through. We take a step back. And again, we're asking God for the right thought or action because I constantly need God. My ego is so big, always wanting to edge God out. We are no longer running the show, and we get to say that to ourselves many times each day. Why? Because, again, I always want to start driving and taking the wheel back and push God out. I'm shotgun today. Remember, I turned my life and will over in step three. It's no longer about Ginger's show. It's how can I be of maximum service? But, again, these directions are so profound. So many times each day, because there's many minutes in throughout from when I sit and do my morning meditation, what happens once I leave the door and I get into work? So many times that I will be done. And then we are in much less uh, danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. And we become much more efficient and we're not so tired again because I'm not one trying to be in charge. I'm allowed to do it. So again, I'm just so grateful we get to be in this book and doing it together a day at a time and with that I pass. <clears throat> Thank you so much, Ginger C. Roz G, please go ahead. Good morning. Uh, this is Roz G, compulsive overeater, Los Angeles, California. And I just first want to express my appreciation to Vision for You. It is these meetings every day have revolutionized my recovery. And what I learned, I've learned some, some, some specific sayings here. One of them was the set-aside prayer. And that set-aside prayer gave me an avenue of changing my prayer and meditation uh, practice because I spent many years falling asleep in prayer and meditation. I'd get in the bed, get my pillow, I'd get real comfortable, and what do you know, I'd fall asleep. But the, the, the step says to me, conscious contact, not unconscious contact, not subconscious, conscious. So conscious in the English dictionary to me says awake. So I have a new a new practice. I get in my closet and uh, there's no disruptions. There's no disturbances there. I have a few little sayings on the wall, but they're all geared towards spirituality. And I get in there and I sit and I listen. I used to meditate to practice to music. I don't do that anymore. It's quiet. And sometimes I just savor something. Like right now I'm working on the same. You may hear a bell in the background and that will end. Um, you may, I may get on the St. Francis prayer and savor every word because in the, in the uh, 12 and 12, the Bill tells us to sit and savor every word and that it is vital to my recovery once in the morning and once in the evening to be quiet, to talk and to listen. And for so many years, up till I'd say this year, I want to run the show. When people don't do things my way, it bothers me. And I have to constantly be reminded that I am no longer running the show. And it's a beautiful thing to sit in conscious contact in the quiet and allow God, the, the higher power of my understanding, to permeate my being. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Raz G. Sylvia F., please share with us. Thank you, Kathy. Good morning, visionaries. I'm so happy to be here this morning. This is Sylvia F., recovered compulsive overeater in 
San Francisco Bay, and I'm actually walking to work, so I'm a little out of breath. But um, so if you're new and you're hearing all of this about uh, meditation and conscious contact with God, you know, I have to remember back when I came into program 14 years ago, and all I knew was how to eat because I didn't want to feel my feelings. And so, you know, then I had to put the food down, and then I had to feel my feelings, and then they were work the steps, and then they told me I had to meditate. And I had no idea how to do that. How do you, I mean, the last place I wanted to be was in my head, and they're telling me I have to go be in my head for, you know, whether it's five minutes or ten minutes. And, and you know, what we heard on the line is that there's no wrong way to do this, is that to just do what we can, it's like everything else in the step work is like going to a gym, and I might start with a one-pound weight, lifting that one-pound weight, and then pretty soon maybe I'm okay with a two-pound weight. So maybe I start with two minutes, and then I start with five minutes. And I remember for me, I, when I put the food down, I couldn't believe how much free time I had. I was stunned because I had either been eating, uh, not eating, planning on what I was going to eat, uh, hiding what I was going to eat. So all of that was gone. And so I thought, boy, I better figure out what to do with my time. And the, one of the things I did is I decided to play the violin. It was, 50, it was 55 years old, so I had to take violin lessons. And then the only time that I could feel my brain getting calm was when I was having to really focus and play the violin. And so I had a sponsor at the time said, you know, if that's when your brain gets quiet, let's count that. So, you know, whatever it took me to get, you know, how do I know that that's not conscious contact with God? So from there, you know, 14 years later, I have, you know, a pretty rigorous spiritual meditation practice. One of the things that someone had me do early on was to memorize the third step prayer. I still use it. And I use it as my meditation because I take every sentence apart and I apply it. <laughs> like how, lead me from the bondage of self. And I explore where I'm in self. And that's part of my meditation. And then today, you know, I love how I hear the next thing I, I could do that's going to help. And it didn't occur to me to memorize the St. Francis prayer. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, that would help. And so that's going to be another part of my meditation practice. And and something that helps me calm my brain down and have a different thought than the world isn't going my way or I'm scared or I'm fearful or I'm defensive or whatever. So again, if you're new, no wrong way to do it. Um, just see, explore, find what, what works for you and get your brain calm enough that you maybe can hear something other than your own thoughts. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sylvia. Uh, Marie J., please share with us. Hi, Kathy. Can you hear me? I can. Great. Thanks. This is Marie J., recovered in Colorado. Um, I had a real tough situation over the weekend with uh, my husband, and I kept writing and praying and asking for God's will. And I didn't react. I was able to pause. You know, the book, big book tells us pause when agitated or doubtful. 
and I got the hell out of the house, but my, my resentment was really consuming me. And I got to a meeting and my sponsor was there and I got great counsel, but I just kept hanging on, you know, I am so stubborn and I am so self-righteous and I prayed and meditated and I did all the right actions, but I didn't surrender because I didn't accept that life is as it is. And I still want to play God all the time. And I still want my husband to be something he isn't. And that, is, to me, is what this 11th step is all about. You know, I need to stay in conscious contact with God regardless of how life is showing up. I have been in discomfort for two days. But I know, because I am solid with God, that this is a gift from God. This is a new level of growth. I'm being asked to grow. And my addict is in my head kicking and screaming and not wanting, not wanting to get out of self-righteousness. And I'm working my program, but it's imperfect. And it's slow. And it doesn't have a lot of grace in it right now. So life shows up, you know. It shows up and I have to stay in conscious contact with God, asking always, to be changed at depth. I need to be changed. Asking how I can be of service in my marriage, even though I'm feeling self-righteous and feeling my character defects. And sometimes I fall down and I'm not very elegant. And that relationship with God is my foundation. I know and trust that God is doing for me what I cannot do for myself. And I let go of the outcome and I accept that I'm an imperfect human being and God is there even when it's hard and uncomfortable. But this is a practice. I have to continually, continually build that foundation through prayer and meditation. So when it is hard that I have it, I've got that, I've got the faith that I can get through and we can get on the other side of this. And I don't know what it's going to look like, but I do know it's going to be in perfect order because I know that God is in charge. Even though I am being self-righteous and hanging on to my own will and wanting to play God, I know it's there. I have the foundation and I keep doing the work. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you very much, Marie J. Sherry KB, please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, everybody. It's Sherry KB in Northern California. I'm very grateful for Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Thank you so much for your service and everybody on the line, and welcome newcomers. And I'm just going to dive right in. I love Step 11. Um, I love all the shares today because it's given us different insights. And so I'm just going to look at it and give a, new, a different perspective. Um, you know, I'll, I'll begin with a lot of people go, what's really the difference between 10 and 11, especially when we do it at night? Because, you know, early on I heard <clears throat> do step 10 in the morning, step 10 at night. Well, the difference between 10 and 11 is that step 10 is about when you're disturbed, uh, always when you're disturbed throughout the day, wh whenever you're disturbed. Step 11 has three places in it, as it was talked about, is in the morning and pausing throughout the day and at night. And so that's the difference is pausing throughout the day. So it's a continual conscious contact to me with my higher power. And I love what it says on page 88 because I have it marked. It says it works. It really does. And then I have a note by here that says, especially when God is in control, Sherry, and not you. <laughs> so um, that's very helpful for me to remember that God's in charge of my life, not me anymore. And um, I am on a thing called 11-step train, and we go, uh, I have an 11-step train partner, and I stay with this partner for two weeks, and then I rotate. And I've been doing this for over a year, and it's been amazing because I, I heard this one person share it, and they said that it improved 
their spiritual contact with a higher power, and I want, I want what that person has. So I started doing it, and it was an amazing thing to me, and it has been an amazing thing. And one of the things it talks about, and it's in the big book, is that, God, please help me review my day. Please grant me the willingness to see what you'd have me see and the light you would have me see it. Free me from morbid reflection, from fear, obsessive guilt, and dishonesty. And then it goes into gratitudes, and it goes into where was I, in reviewing my day, where was I resentful, selfish, dishonest, afraid? And so I can review my day and look at that. Um, and then, you know, where do I have an apology or amends? And I always think, in not necessarily my words and actions, but in my thinking, because I have a lot going on between my ears. And then I have directions here of what to do if I've, you know, just in my thoughts, just pray for the, do the sick man's prayer. And then if I have a fear, I do the fear prayer. And then I bless them and change me, bless them, heal me. Um, and I ask myself, was I kind and loving towards all? Did I keep something to myself that should be discussed with another person at once? Um, and then how is I've served to God to program to the world to myself and family? Um, these are wonderful instructions for me because it con- continues to help me to connect with my higher power. And, um, you know, one of the things that I heard early on, I was at an AA meeting, and I heard this uh, recovering alcoholic say, man created religion and God created spirituality. The difference between religion is someone telling you how to have a relationship with God and spirituality is having a direct relationship with God. And that's what I aim for is a spiritual relationship with a power greater than myself. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Sherry KB. Adam B., please go ahead. Adam, press star one to unmute. Can you hear me? Now I can. Thank you. Great. Hi, sorry. Adam B., um, recovering compulsive overeater. It's good to be part of the group. I found for me that this step, and particularly the meditation aspect of it, um, was one of the harder um, steps to embrace um, in the sense of incorporating it as a practice. But I found over the last year and a half that I've begun a meditation practice, which I've done twice a day for 20 minutes. And what the meditation practice has allowed me to do is, in a sense, uh, quiet the mind, um, get to a point really of almost transcending thoughts, uh, a point of stillness, um, a point where I really do feel that God begun, becomes, um, uh, his, you know, God's voice is clearer um, because my thoughts are dissipating and almost gone. And I, fa- I have found that for me when I am in that place and I'm uh, meditating and, you know, five, ten minutes into the meditation, I find that my thoughts start to drift away. Um, there's a, a clarity and a beauty in that stillness, and it's just such a great place to be in because, again, my thoughts are, you know, often, um, uh, you know, about me, about what I want, and not what God wants. And honestly, I do feel that meditation, uh, it's its almost for me not even about reaching a place of um, of feeling good. It's, it's really for me about finding a place of non-judgment. Uh, in other words, when something happens in life, um, not judging it good or bad, uh, just letting it be. 
And um, I think for me, that's a very important place to be throughout the day. So when something happens, um, rather than saying, well, this isn't a bad thing, this is a good thing, um, I actually just say, well, this is a thing. And for me, meditation has given me uh, on one day at a time basis uh, the ability to look at things uh, with less of a sense of judgment. And um, when I get to that place, I find I, when it comes to food and when it comes to the disease of overeating, I, I find that that has a very positive effect on my food. And meditation for me and prayer, of course, um, are, have been key in uh, allowing me some abstinence. Thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you, Adam B. Uh, Christina O., please share with us. Mary Jane Z. Um, well, Christina, are you there? Press star one to unmute. Hi, this is Christina O., a recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. And, um, I have been on medical leave and just went back to work today. And the difference between uh, today and three months ago is that I've been working um, my program according to the steps and um, uh, am and, 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 and now recovered. And um, I took time this morning to do my step 11 and prayer and meditation and um and which I hadn't been doing um uh when I was working 3 months ago and the difference in the quality of my experience working uh today was was just um out, outstanding and I thought to myself oh this is such a relief um, not that I have a terribly stressful job, but um, it, it really, my my prayer and meditation this morning really connected me with my higher power and with the goodness um, in the work that I do uh, for others. And it, it just was a wonderful um, experience this morning. And I'm so grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Christina O. Okay, I'll take another group to share. Who would like to share? Mary Jane Z. Mary Jane Z. Mariana D. Ashley P. P. Ashley P. Connie F. I think I heard Connie F. And then someone else? Maggie A. Maggie A. Mel B. Mel B. Okay, let's stop there. And uh, if we have time, we can take a few after that. Mary Jane Z., please go ahead. Good morning. May I be heard? Yes, you can. Thank you. Sorry, Kathy, for jumping in like that. I thought Adam was the last one. I guess, sorry, Christina, (laughs) too. Um, This is Mary Jane Z., recovered in Kentucky. And who wouldn't want to share on Step 11? It's so uh, such a wonderful place to be. Um, 
the first thing that comes to mind is on page 83, though, where it says um, at the second paragraph, the spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. And, um, you know, now that I've, I've, I've finished my amends and I'm living in step 10, 11, and 12 every day, um, I, you know, be, let me go back. When I, when I first started with sponsor, one of the first things she says, you know, as you need to make outreach calls because you need to get your posse together, uh, your step 10 posse, and uh, you need to start looking for a step 11 buddy. And, um, you know, uh, while I was doing all the steps, I was praying, obviously. But then I get, I get here and, you know, suggest prayer and meditation and don't be shy on this matter of prayer. My whole life, um, I have been walking around going, gee, I wish if only I had a camera or somebody, a coach that could show me what I'm doing wrong all do, during the day. And they could say, see right here, you're, you're wasting a lot of time right here. And look, look what you're doing here. And through the uh, practice of step 11, I actually have that now. I have that consciousness of, um, of, of awareness of what I'm doing. Where, where am I wasting time? And it, it's been a process of um, really just trying to, um, I started small. And now, you know, I'm I'm a compulsive I've, I'm a compulsive person. So, you know, I want to do more of this step eleven. And um, I've listened to a lot of special edition podcasts, and um, Don C has a great one um, about his practices. And you know, I've used that for a while, word for word, exactly what what he said. Um, uh, you know, now I'm I'm developing some of my own practices. Um, but it, it is, it, it's a discipline. I mean, it is, you know, it's not whether I feel connected, it's the action that I'm taking to be connected. And um, it's like riding a bicycle, you know, wobble, wobble, fall, wobble, wobble, fall, wobble, wobble, fall, pedal, pedal, pedal. Oh, I'm getting it here. Oh, I forgot for a couple of days. Oh, and, um, but it's, you know, I'm growing and the more I do it, the more I want to do it. And, um, you know, I did find a Step 11 buddy, and um, we talk every evening and review just as it says in the book and and make our plans for the day. But then in the morning, I do it on my own. And it's, it's you know, it's it was frightening at first to do it, but now, um, you know, my God is inside of me. So when I look in the mirror in the morning, I smile, and as I'm putting on my moisturizer, I'm just saying, good morning, God. I'm going to connect with you all throughout the day. And I uh, just encourage newcomers, keep keep going, keep coming back. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Mary Jane Z. Uh, Mary L.D., please go ahead. Hi, this is Mariana. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hi. Uh, good morning, everyone. Um, it's so funny in the morning. I always think, okay, this is the best meeting I've ever heard, but I kind of feel that way every day. <laughs> so anyway, um, this is amazing to me today. And the interesting thing is I felt this before the call today in my quiet time. Two things came to me, and they were pretty powerful. And I'm not surprised by that anymore because in my meditation is when 
um, things come to me that in my day, even though I try not to make it as hurried as it used to be, I still get caught up in it. And when I'm quiet, that's when I really feel guided. And um, I just want to share just two things that were powerful that happened for me today. Uh, one of them, uh, from Mother's Day yesterday, my son gave me the sweetest card, but it also made me very sad because there's so much guilt he has for something that happened years ago. And it made me realize this morning in my meditation that, you know, I want to have a conversation with him and just let him know. Um, it doesn't have to be a long conversation, but that I totally have forgiven him. And um, maybe that's a door that needs to be open. Maybe he's not ready for that. I don't know yet, and I don't have to know. But I know my part is maybe once again just reminding him that um, that um, he is forgiven. So that was really huge for me this morning. Um, because there's nothing worse than seeing your kids suffer, and it makes me sad. So anyway, and the second thing is, in talking to my sponsees this morning, we're all kind of working on the same thing, and it came to me in my meditation. Maybe we can do a group text, and we can just share about that. And I'm going to speak to each one of them and see if they want to do that. There would be, be three of us on that group text. But it made me, like, realize that, you know, again, maybe that's not the thing or maybe they're going to embrace it and the three of us just talking about that will be, um, will be what we need. So, again, I don't know if these are the right things, but I do feel guided and it gives me hope that I have something to work towards. Or, um, I don't know, it's, it's just pretty amazing. So, anyway, um, thank you and with that I pass. Thank you, Mariella D. Ashley P., please go ahead. Ashley? Hi. Yes. Go ahead, please. Hi, this is Ashley P., recovered in Northern California. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Uh, good morning, everybody, and, and thank you for your shares. Um, I've really gotten a lot from them and enjoyed them this morning. Um, so thought, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God. Um, in general, uh, there, I wouldn't suggest uh, doing the steps out of order, but um, praying and meditating is something that um, I, I began to do pretty early in my program um, before I had begun to work the other steps. And, and, and doing that was something that, helped me um, uh, help me begin to um, have the desire to work the other steps, have the willingness to work the other steps. Um, when I felt blocked in, in other steps, um, prayer really assisted me in the willingness and, and that it really helps me today. It's, it's absolutely a tool that I go to. Um, so, for the newcomers that are are thinking that that's not something that they can do because you're not on step 11, um, I I would say just make make a beginning. Um, sit for a minute. Um, uh, just just begin asking God, uh, inviting God into your life or your higher power or whatever that is. Um, begin discussing 
we go ahead and discussing that with your sponsor um, because it 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 sort of felt like it greased the wheels uh, for the other steps for me. Um, so when I don't have the willingness to to do something, to look at something, um, uh, prayer helps get me there. And and sometimes it's frustrating because I want it on my time in in my on my timeline, um, and it's not. It's on it's on God's timeline. Um, and uh, for meditation, I something that somebody said to me once, which was always helpful, uh, is that that can be one minute, just one minute of of sitting quietly, which I needed to remember, especially in the beginning, because I could not, uh, when I first got abstinent, uh, sit for. Uh, for 20 minutes, which I think was a recommendation that I heard often. So um, even if we're just sitting for one minute, that counts. That counts. Um, it's creating the space. And um, and what I've also heard today is it's a practice, right? It's something that um, I do every day, and, and it's something that we have to do every day. But it's practice. Um, so That's we just we create the space to do it. Um, and with that, I pass, and I hope everyone has a wonderful day. Thank you, Ashley P. Connie F., please go ahead. Good morning. Um, this is Connie F., recovering in Colorado. And this is my first time sharing on this line, so I'm pretty nervous. So I'm just, I'm, I'm not used to talking on a phone to so many people, and so I'm just going to envision your faces smiling back at me. Um, <clears throat> so currently I'm on step six and seven, and um, which has been a beautiful process, but uh, it's it's had its um, drag times. But as far as step eleven goes, so uh, in when we start these pages on page eighty four, it says. We vigorously commence this way of living as we clean up the past. And I took that to heart um, uh, quite a few years ago. And I started reading these pages um, every day for um, years, for just years and years. And, and when I would finish reading them, because I couldn't quiet my mind, um, I would light a candle. And so I'd read these pages. And then I'd light my candle and I would be as quiet as I could be. And with that, um, where it says on the bottom of 86 and thinking about our day, we may face indecision. That was the night before. So I would set my intention of what I wanted to do the night before. And then when I would get up in the morning and I would do this, it would clarify what path I was going to take. And then when I hit um, hit spaces in my day, then I could reach back in that morning meditation and my day would be smoothed once again and I would have that conscious contact. And... Um, so I'm I'm working on regaining that um, at this time, and but reading these pages, they change for me every day, and sitting down with them and with God, um, 
made my life run like a smooth uh, system that I, I knew wasn't me because I, I got myself here. And um, so I can't say enough about prayer and meditation and just pausing throughout the day. And my sponsor, she gave me this great tool of uh, giving myself a reminder throughout the day to think of God, just to point my thought to God. And to me, that is a meditation. It's not asking for anything. It's just, okay, God, I see that you're here and alive and well in my life. And um, because when I got here, I was pretty agnostic. I knew there was a God, but I didn't think he had anything to do with my day-to-day. When I do my meditation, he's right here. It's just right here for me. And um, so that's just the practical side of it for me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Connie F. Maggie A., please share with us. Hi, good morning. This is Maggie A., recovered in western New York. Grateful to be here and grateful to hear all of, all of the amazing cheers. I've heard, heard so, much, so many good things. Um, and so what I wanted to share is that I, I actually live and work in a retreat center. And, you know, we're currently in the busy period. So we have silent retreats, multi-day silent retreats every two weeks and my ego will say to me that you know i'm in such a good place that and i'm so connected and i've spent so much time in meditation that do i really need to get up early in the morning and do this do i really need to do this 11 step at night um and and upon awakening i it's it's almost a belief like i'm getting conscious contact by osmosis and it just doesn't work that way so i'm very grateful to be able to hear all the shears because um i am a compulsive overeater and i can very quickly rest on my laurels and i do have a strong feeling of connection with um the higher power of my understanding with presence with awareness and and um, and love and beauty, which is how I describe my higher power. Um, but if I'm not doing that daily practice, and I am a very undisciplined person, and my higher power disciplines me through that process of, of doing that prescribed um, uh, method of connecting specifically intentionally on a daily basis, because otherwise, then I begin to think that I'm okay. I'm okay just as I am, and I can do what I want to do, which is self-will. So I'm grateful for the daily reminder. I'm grateful, actually, to be a compulsive overeater, because um, when those, uh, when I'm not having that neutrality around food, it's a good uh, indication that I'm slipping in my connection with my higher power. And I'm going to that old God that I used in the past or starting to think um, lovingly about that old God. And it's time to uh, reestablish my connection. Uh, Everything I heard on the line today was just incredible. And um, I have also set 
reminders on my phone um, that come up throughout the day that just remind me that everything is okay, that um, higher power is available always, all the time, that um, step aside and, and say, your will, not mine, be done. So I have that reminder to stay in conscious contact and um, revitalizing uh, my practice. So it's not just a hurried prayer at night and in the morning, but rather it's really time spent and opening the day with that connection with my higher power. So that's all I have, and with that I pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Maggie A. And Mel B., you'll be our last share. In fact, we really only have a minute or two. Thank you, Mel. Okay. Hi, this is Melanie. Um, I'm in Georgia, and um, I am a recovery compulsive eater. I've been in vision for you for a few months now, and um, I just need to speak up and say my truth that um, my marriage is in trouble. And um, I would love any experience, strength, and hope I can gather from folks on calls or whatever. Um, but I just need to, to say that out loud in the safety of these rooms. Um, and there are some questions around possibly infidelity. So, you know, if anybody has any experience, strength, and hope on, on that or can direct me in the right way, Well, um, I'm going to have to interrupt you, okay, because uh I went over time. Um, Okay. I'm glad you got to uh, ask for help, and you can certainly make outreach calls as well. Thank Thank you. Okay, it's now time to close today's meeting. Um, And I'm sorry that I lost track of time. I was so involved in the shares. Uh, We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Ginger C. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.